says they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying what is this what new doctrine is this for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him and immediately his fame everybody say his fame his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee I think it's time for him to be famous again amen for him to be famous for who he is the king of kings the lord of lords and where his name is lifted up there are miracles turn to your neighbor today and say you are a miracle yeah you are the fact that you're in the earth god is the creator of all human beings and you are a miracle you are a miracle let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for every person here today we thank you that they've come to hear what the spirit of god is saying lord let the words of my mouth edify and exhort your name let it be lifted up in this place you said you would draw all men unto yourself when your name would be lifted up and i pray that today that every person in this room would be drawn closer to you today that the love of god would fill them to a place where they would be overflowing and that would spill out everywhere they go as they reach out to the people of of this world who are without jesus we thank you today that we have jesus and we thank you, Father, that we are alive in you. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pick up our Bibles. We're going to make our confession. I don't think, did we have any visitors today? Did I miss a hand? Or is this the, the all the home group? Hallelujah. Let me see your hand if you know Jesus today. Turn around, make sure everybody's hands up beside you. We'll just take care of this right now. Hallelujah. It's important you know Jesus because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're going to make this confession. If you know Christ, then this is what you live by. We don't live by the world's standards. We live by what's set apart in here for us. And there's blessing in here. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're blessed. We're blessed. Let's say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's hard to mess it up. <laughs> you can be seated. We have to work at it. I believe this message today will uh, liberate you, set you free. I believe anytime the word of God goes forth, it's just like when Jesus delivered the word because the word has power. And it says when he delivered the word, people were saying, with what authority does he do these things? How does he do what he does? And I can tell you, he did it as a man, but he was the word made flesh and he was full of the Holy Ghost. And that combination is a powerful combination. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks in this church. The spirit, uh, the supernatural church. Everybody say supernatural church. The spirit-led church. The, the spirit-filled church. Um, I was in Tulsa last weekend with uh, actually Dan, Peter, and Corey were there with me. And um, it was called Empowered 21, a large conference held on the campus of ORU. Uh, really about as the charismatic church and we're going to talk a little bit about that today if you're here and don't understand that term but the charismatic church that our roots in uh god in the holy ghost that we do not get to a place in the church that we just let that go or we do not acknowledge the things that god has already begun in the earth through the power of the holy spirit uh, we are a church called charismatic everybody say charismatic charismatic we are in this church some of you may have been here a while and don't know this is an interdenominational charismatic church that means you should expect the supernatural when you walk in this place hallelujah why because 
When you say you're charismatic, that means you acknowledge that the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is real and it's for the church today. Now, I'm not here, you know, to say this church knows everything and this doesn't. If you are part of a charismatic church, your number one attribute is you are servant. There is no haughtiness. There is no pride because you will see by the end of this message, it's all about him and not about us. And what it is, is we acknowledge that when Jesus died on Calvary and he rose from the dead, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's there. He ever lives to make intercession for us. His blood took care of our sins, but also he delivered to the church power. The same power, the same anointing he walked in when he did all those signs, wonders, and miracles, when all the things happened that you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those same things are still applicable to the church today. And the church is not a denomination. The church is not the Methodist or the Catholic. The church is people. We are the church we have the living God on the inside of us. And as we talk today, I pray that we get a revelation understanding like we've not had in a long time about what it means to be in the supernatural church. If you'll turn to Romans chapter 1, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 16 and 17. Before we do, I just would like to say this. When we were there at ORU, uh, they had a service where they, they just went back and talked about our roots as a charismatic church. And uh, it was very exciting because they talked about Azusa Street, the revival of God's spirit in the early 1900s and what God did and how that move of God just caused people to just stop what they were doing and for days just stay in the presence of God and, and how God ministered through his spirit. And, and other, you know, revivals that have happened, they honored Charles Parham and they honored Ralph Wilkerson. He's a, a man that was on the West Coast who was instrumental in the charismatic movement early in the 70s. And in that time frame, he was very uh, adamant about the fact that the Holy Spirit is moving in the earth. That's when the Holy Spirit, uh, Notre Dame experienced, the Catholics experienced a real move of the Holy Ghost. I remember when Charles Hackett said, even the Methodists are getting it, hallelujah. And, and he, he, was a, he was an Assemblies of God pastor. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will cross all denominational lines. If you open the door, he comes in. And only stays where he's welcome, only stays where he's acknowledged as the one that's doing all of this powerful work. And, and over the years, there's been some real goofy charismatic things. So, you know, I think uh, some of the charismatic movements have earned their reputation of, ooh, you know, way out there, you know. And so we're going to talk about all that as we talk about the supernatural church. But how often do we exclude something because we don't understand and God wants to include the church in all that he wants to do in these last days. And I believe it includes a move of the Holy Spirit like we have never seen before. But we have to be ready and understand what's happening to us so we can embrace what God's doing. God always tells before he does something so we can embrace the fact that it's him. And as I listened to these speakers uh, years ago in 1979, God moved me with my three children to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And some of you have heard my testimony. I don't have time to tell it today. But really, I was a wreck. I mean, my life was in shambles. I had been married, divorced twice. I had moved, I don't know, John used to keep records 16, 17 times. All he knows is he always held his box tightly to him with all his stuffed animals and his precious possessions because he never knew when I was going to say we're moving. And so I picked them up, moved them to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and went to work at Oral Roberts University. And uh, it ch God changed my life totally in one year's time. 
He took me from a basket case person. I didn't sleep. I was awake during the night all the time. I would go to work. I would come home. And God began to, to work in my life physically, had me start working out. You know, God cares about the practical. Uh, did things in my life to help me get a grip physically, emotionally, spiritually, and changed me from, uh, you know, actually like a wuss, a wimp, a crybaby over everything, unto a powerful person from where I was to where, you know, where I ended. And uh, I certainly wasn't where I am today, but I was a whole lot better off, so much so that people didn't even recognize my countenance because I changed so much from the presence of God. And it happened when I worked at ORU. Nobody really ever talked to me. Uh, I, I just, when I got there, Brother Roberts uh, one time came in my office. I was so stunned I couldn't even speak. So it wasn't like I was acquainted with him. It was just the Spirit of God. Everybody say the Spirit of God. And the Lord said to me, I'm here. I live here. I was in my office one day. He said, I'm here. I live here because they allow me to. And he began to minister to me. And uh, Joel Osteen, some of you know him. You've seen him on television. His brother Paul was in school. He began to bring me CDs or tapes at that time of Brother Osteen's messages. And he was the pastor of Oasis of Love. That's what it was called at that time. And God poured his love in my life, and he changed me forever. And that day when we were out there in Tulsa, actually it was last Thursday night, um, or it was Friday morning, I guess, Corey and I were standing there. Dan hadn't gotten there yet, and... uh, they said, in this morning, the World Action Singers of ORU are going to sing, and then the president, Mark Rutland, is going to come and speak. And I was so excited because I knew if the singers were singing, they were singing something good is going to happen to you. How many of you ever saw Or Roberts on television? He'd sing, something good is going to happen to you this very day. And then it's Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. Well, they struck up that band, and they took off singing, and I sobbed. I sobbed so hard. Corey leaned over. And I knew he could tell. But he said, I, I saw you, but I didn't know what to do to help you. So I just stood there. <laughs> Nobody could have helped me. It was like God came right down on me. And he said, these are your roots. I brought you here. I healed you. And that's why in my heart for three years, I have had this desire inside me that the church will not lose the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, if it hadn't been for that, I would not be standing where I am today. And the more they sang it, the more I sobbed, I thought, I am a mess. I hope, I mean, water was, I, there was they don't have Kleenex under the seats like we do here. And, and you know, I didn't have Kleenex, and I just sobbed. And, and, but when it was all done, I, all I could think was, God, thank you. Thank you for loving me so much. I remember when Daddy took me out there, he said, I'm going along, I think you're getting into a cult. And he came out, and he, he drove out with me, and, and I loaded up all my stuff, dropped me off. He saw where, where I was going to be, and he started watching even Oral Roberts on television. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God moved in that man's life. They honored him as one of the people that God used mightily and used in generations of young people who are all over the earth today with his vision, the Holy Spirit moving in every man's world. Doctors, lawyers, carpenters, no matter what, what you were, his whole thing was the Holy Spirit in the now. And so I share with you today out of my heart because I believe God wants us as a church to be very aware of the Holy Spirit and what he's about to do in the earth. And if you know Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit is in you. So look out. Because the same Jesus that covered the earth, his, the spirit that was in him is in you. Same, very same spirit. And God wants to cover the earth right now with his glory like never before. So this is what it says in Romans 1. I am not ashamed. This is Paul speaking. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Everybody say power of God. To salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, also for the Greek. And in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And that's us. We are the just. Now, you may say, well, you know, I don't know about me. You are justified by the blood, so we'll settle that right now. You are the just. When Paul began this book, it says in Romans 1.1, Paul, a bond servant. That means a bond servant is someone who has laid down their life and is willing to do whatever the person in authority over them requests. In other words, there's no questioning. There's an honor there of that office. And so they have laid their life down to that situation. He had laid his life down to to Jesus. He said, a bondservant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle. An apostle was someone who spoke with authority into the churches, separated to the gospel of God. And he he was uh, speaking to the church at Rome, although he had not been there yet. And so he spoke to them in verse 11. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Now, he didn't say a gift. He said a spiritual gift because God has gifts for the church. He has spiritual gifts for the church. And when, when I looked in, uh, it's actually in 1 Corinthians where he began to speak to that church, he talks again about the gift. And this is what my Bible says in the commentary. In modern usage, a charismatic, which the gift, the word gift is charisma or that charismatic nature a charismatic, now you can judge and see with your own life. We don't judge others, but we do examine our own life. See if this is you, if you're a charismatic. S- signifies one who either has one or more of these gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's miracles, signs, and wonders that flow through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's revelation that comes. There's a word of knowledge. I don't have time to teach all that, although we'll talk about it in the next few weeks. But these are gifts God gave to the church. Everybody say, I have them. Now, the Bible says it's at the will of the Holy Spirit, not our will, but his. But in the, in the gift of praying in tongues, as far as our own prayer language, we can release that any time. That's, that's at our will. But all the rest of the gifts, healing miracles. How many of you would love to walk in here on Sunday and you just brought four people with you that you know God's going to heal them today because Jesus healed them all? I, be, I believe that's still the church. It's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nowhere where it says it stopped. Now, man, in a lot of situations, has declared doctrine that says that was just for then. We don't need that today. But the same spirit that raised Christ dwells in us for a purpose. And that is not so we can say, I got the Holy Ghost. It's so we can use that power as God wills to see God's miracles happen in the earth just like they always did. That's a charismatic life. And it says these gifts function in the person's life. And we believe that those gifts are for today's church. When I come in here on Saturday night and I pray and I worship God, I say to him, I thank you tomorrow. You're going to move in everybody's life. And last night, he's, this word came to me. And sometimes when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll hear a word of what God's going to do, that he would apprehend you today. Everybody say, look out. <laughs> apprehend you, that he would totally take you over today by his spirit. I know that's his heart today for a purpose. Everybody say, for a purpose. And so as I was studying this and about and about. 
Paul, he's the one who says this. He's the one who taught in 1 Corinthians about tongues. He said, I pray in the Spirit, and I sing in, with my understanding. I sing in the Spirit. So Paul was a charismatic. Amen. Don't tell anybody. Hallelujah. <laughs> it would shake a lot of people. Our son Matt yesterday talked to me on the phone, and he said, Mother, I've been, I've been just realizing that Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He said, I really like that because I can identify with him. Jesus was perfect, but Paul wasn't. And so I like the guy. And he writes a lot of good stuff in there, and I can receive it because he was a man, you know, that made mistakes, and yet God wanted to use him, but he was a charismatic. He said, I wish above all that you would all pray in the Holy Ghost. So he understood he understood the power of the gifts of the Spirit. He's the one who taught about it in 1 Corinthians 12. You can read it. Paul understood what God wanted to do in the church. And he came to declare it, even though he persecuted Christians when he didn't have revelation. When he got the revelation, he wanted all of us to be free. He wanted us to walk in that revelation. So it says in Ephesians 1, and I want to read this to you real quickly, because I, I would like you today to wake up. Everybody say, wake up. <laughs> Because God just keeps waking me up to this truth. And it's a wake up to your understanding. You know, we don't all have the same level of understanding. But the Holy Spirit can bring us on page with God. And this is what it says. That the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. This was Paul's prayer. Give to you the wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then this is what he says is the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Turn to your neighbor and say, that would be you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? His power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. In Ephesians 3, most of us know this scripture, it's 3.20. But after Paul talks about understanding the love of God so we can be filled with all the fullness of God, he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Everybody say, I've got the power. I've got the power. God wants to spread the fame of Jesus Christ. And what he did at Calvary through the whole earth. It was prophesied. In, and it says in the word that, that God wants the knowledge of the glory of God to cover the whole earth. And the way that happens is through what's on the inside of the church, through us. And so I'm saying to you today, God has a plan for you way beyond your greatest expectations. And by the end of this service, I believe you're going to be saying yes to what he wants to do. Because we, in every person's world, you know, uh, Pam over here, she, she's a Mary Kay representative. I mean, every time she slaps some makeup on a face, she's praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not just beautify the outside, but beautify the inside. Help them, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I need all the help I can get. Pastor Bill says I call her often. I do. I call, I call her all the time. Because we want to look good on the outside, but I'm telling you what we are on the inside is perfect. In the sight of God, because it's his own self living on the inside of you. And it says in, in Luke 17, now Luke was a physician. Luke was a doctor. Luke had a revelation of the three-part man. He understood spirit, soul, and body. I know that because he's the one who wrote Luke, and he's the one who wrote Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so he had a revelation. He was a doctor. He was a spirit-filled doctor. Hallelujah. I mean, I'd like to have a spirit-filled doctor that, that looked, you know, began to pray over you and said, you know, I think this is what God's saying to do. Hallelujah. 
Now, thank God for medicine because there's a lot more people healed by medicine than there are by miracles. But I believe medicine is a miracle. I believe God caused people to know what to do with it and how to use it. So I thank God for doctors, and I thank God. I'm, I'm healed by Jesus no matter who gave me the pill. Hallelujah. Or what the pill is. Hallelujah. Because God has discovered all things in the earth. So I, that's, that's my confession. He's the healer. But I want to tell you today, he had, a, he had an understanding. And he said, this, he records what Jesus said. Now when he, Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, because they're always looking for a kingdom because he's supposed to be a king, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, it's not something you can see in the natural. You know, you can't look at the church and say that's the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God, he says, in the next verse, nor will they say, see here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is, where is it? Within you. Now, this is a revelation. If you get this, everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes with you. Now, where were you last night? Don't answer. Hallelujah. But if, if you weren't in the right place, God was with you. Everybody say God was there. Because he's in you. You can't, like, cut out that part of you. He's always with you. And I want to tell you, he's always for you. Even if you're not in the right place today. Even if you weren't in the right place yesterday. Even if you said something you shouldn't have said. He is for you. He is for you. God is never against you. And this is what Jack Hayford was one of the people who spoke in this conference. He was the president of, um, oh, what is the name of the church that Allie's a part of when she was growing up? Four, not Foursquare. Is he Foursquare? Well, whatever. He's the, he was the president of uh, Life Bible College in California and uh, a mighty man of God. He's, he's about 10 years older than I am, but he's just so powerful when he speaks. And this is what his word was to talk about this in my Bible. He says that the kingdom of God is the spiritual reality and dynamic available to each person who receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Available to everybody. Available to you, April, wherever you are. To receive Jesus, the king, is to receive his kingly rule. In other words, you have a right to rule and reign. In your house. This isn't like just for the public. This is in your home. If the devil tries to get a hold of your children, you have a kingly right to say, devil, get out of my house in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off my kids in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off my life in the name of Jesus. That's a supernatural person. That's a person who's operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in what God has promised. And he goes on and he says, full salvation brings restored relationship to God and a full potential for his kingdom ruling within us. As we walk with him, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to cause the anointing of his Messiahship to be transmitted to us. In other words, we're like our father. When we lay hands on people, we believe the healing power went forth into that person's life. You say, well, they may not get healed. You're not Jesus. It's his power. You are the conduit. You are the person, the vessel that it's flowing through. We're responsible to be that kind of a church. And God is looking for that kind of church. How many of you would like to have that kind of situation in your own home? Your kids don't feel well. You lay hands on them. You say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And they say, I'm healed. You know, when Daniel was little, we kept him a lot. And one time he wanted to play ball. And uh, he, I, was, I was having a headache, and my head hurt so bad. And I lay down on the couch. I said, Daniel, Grandma can't play ball right now. Her head hurts. <laughs> so he put his hand on my head. He was just a little guy. He said, be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and then he said, okay, let's play ball. 
well, I got off the couch, headache and all. You know, I wasn't complete. I thought, you know, it'll be gone or I'll have it and I'll play because I'm not going to have his faith destroyed that something didn't happen. I'm up, hallelujah. I have resurrected. Why? Because young people need to know the power of God is real. The power of God is real because it was given to us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 when he was ready to leave, and this is recorded by Luke. Acts is the book he wrote also. And he said in verse 8 of chapter 1, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then we know it says in chapter 2, On the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, they were in one accord in the upper room, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It appeared to them divided tongues of fire as and one sat upon each one of them they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with tongues as the spirit gave them utterance everybody say as the spirit everybody say as the spirit so you know there's there is a manifestation of the power of the holy spirit and in our lives there's the gifts of speaking in tongues with the interpretation and then there's a personal prayer language i don't have time to teach it today but anybody can have it Turn to your neighbor and say, even you. It's simply you ask and you shall receive. It's a gift God gives to his children. Jesus said so. He said, you will receive this power. And when it happened, there were the tongues. You'll read about it all over in the book of Acts. Then it's, this is what Peter said to him. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days it'll come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons, daughters shall prophesy. We sang it in that last song. Sons and daughters declaring a new hallelujah. How many of you think there'd be a real hallelujah if somebody came in here blind and their eyes were opened? I'm telling you, it happened in this conference. Dan Peter, uh, he, he went to some meeting that was all in Spanish. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's telling us about it. Corey and I, I got in this meeting. It was all Spanish. And I couldn't understand a word, no interpreter. And uh, he said, but I could feel something in that room. He said, so I just stood there. Well, he said, then I thought, well, this, I shouldn't be standing in this room. I mean, I don't understand. So he left. He said, but I couldn't leave. I came back and I'm standing there and they're still talking in Spanish. He said, it got real exciting. I don't know how he knew there was not one word being spoken. He could understand, but he felt this power of the Holy Spirit. And the woman standing next to him, who was mute, started speaking. When Dan came to tell us about it, he was, he was still like, you know, like, when I rode home with he and Corey, they were excited, and they're telling me everything that God, you know, spoke to their heart while they were there. I'm telling you, if you get in the presence of God, you will come out totally different. And when you're with a bunch of charismatics, you just forget that you're one of them. Hallelujah. And God gets you right there in the middle of it. You don't even know what happened. Isn't that right? Corey is the chief musician for this church. Now, most of you think, hey, he just plays the piano. No. Corey has to know what God is doing all the time. Allie leads, but Corey's on that keyboard. He can move anywhere he wants to move if he feels to move. He and Allie are a team, but they are led by the Holy Spirit. It's very important if you're in that position that you practice the presence of God so that when you get in it, you know where God went. There are a lot of church services where you don't have the worship that we have in this church it comes from the Spirit of God. I thank God for Corey and Allie being yielded, but it is a Holy Spirit worship. So in this conference, he went to places where all these teachers were Holy Ghost P 
people that are writing for integrity and other places. And uh, the worship there was phenomenal. I mean, just to even be in it. But when the Holy Spirit comes, there's such power released, just like Jesus said. And that's what brings signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what brings a revelation of the love of God. Like you can't get just cause. Just because somebody said, God loves you all the time. How many of you know that's what the scripture says? How many of you feel that all the time? Maybe not. But when you sit in the presence of God, you'll feel it just like that. He will love you right where you are. And so it's very important that we receive. In Philippians 2, and I just want to go to this scripture today because one thing you'll find in the charismatic church, always, because we're like Jesus, we have to be like Jesus in all churches, but especially in a charismatic church, is a servant attitude. Everybody say servant attitude. Now, why is that? Because when there's more of him than there is of you, the humility that comes with that brings a servant heart. That kind of humility, you begin to see yourself as just a vessel for the living God. You know, John the Baptist, he had a position in the earth, and it was to bring the word of Christ's coming. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, my baptism that I baptize is a baptism of repentance. But the one who's coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Everybody say fire. And so what he was saying was, this is my position, but this is his position. And it says he was the word made flesh in John 14. And and we beheld his glory. But then it goes on in John 3, and it says he was full of the Holy Ghost. Remember when, the, when the, it says that the Spirit of God descended like a dove? How many of you thought a bird flew down? It doesn't say that. It says like a dove. Okay? So if somebody says, oh, the God's moving, you know, I saw a dove. You know, you might want to question that. Hallelujah. Because the church, you know, we sometimes take things so literal. We had this happen. When the Holy Ghost starts moving without a sure foundation in the Word of God, it will get goofy. Everybody say the word. Jesus was the word. He was the word. He was the word. And the word was made flesh. And then he was filled with the Holy Ghost by his father when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. He knew the word. He was the word. And without the word, I went to a class out there, of a prophetic class, and uh, with Cindy Jacobs. And she said, The greatest determinant to the things of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit moving is people who don't know the Word. And they get off in the the Spirit, and then they don't have anything to hold them in position and know whether they're going off. Because out in the Spirit realm, there's good and evil. Everybody say good and evil. And so you have to know the Word. So when God speaks to us to, to follow Him, He's saying, let me be God and you be you. Everybody say, I'm natural. I mean, you're human. You're a human person. You're spiritual in your thinking, but you're, you're flesh and blood. And, but the spirit on the inside of you is the spirit of the living God. So you're a combination of two things, just like Jesus. You are flesh, you, and, and the word of God, if you store that in your heart, and you add the Holy Spirit, you become a supernatural church. And this is what it says in Philippians, and this is how you do it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a, what did he take the form of? A bond servant, a servant. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Even as the son of the living God, 
he humbled himself, it says. We, as believers, have the power of the living God in us. But for it to operate in its proper way, we have to humble ourselves. What does that mean? That means we allow him to be greater than we are in our natural self. And then we can begin to let the Holy Spirit flow through our life. This is what it says following that. Therefore, God, as he humbled himself, therefore, God has exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. We know that's true. At the mention of that name, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth, and below the earth. Because he humbled himself, God exalted him. Well, let me show you this in First Peter. It says the same thing about you. This is what it says in First Peter 5. It says that when we humble ourselves, the same result will come. That humbling means that we put ourselves in a position of less than and God more than. In other words, it's because of him. It's because of Jesus living in us. And this is what it says. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you. Everybody say all of us. Be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. Humility is a humble attitude of unselfish concern for the welfare of others, total absence of arrogance, conceit, or haughtiness. In other words, we're not thinking about us. We're thinking about who lives in us. This is how you become a part of what God calls the supernatural church. It's his super and your natural. And this is what it goes on to say. It says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves. What did it say Jesus did? He humbled himself. He was, he was like God. He was God in the flesh. He was the word. We are like God, but we are still human. It is the power of God working through us that brings the supernatural. And so he said that he may exalt you in due time. You know when God exalts people? When they're not thinking about themselves anymore. And, and, and they become a total servant. By the way, this is a week to honor all the people who are volunteers. You know, it's kind of National Volunteer Week. And uh, we felt on Easter Sunday we were going to give everybody the volunteer gift because we need everybody to volunteer. <laughs> it's kind of a seed. Did you get it? We're sowing it in you. Now we sowed it in you. But also for all of you who do volunteer, we have that, that gift in the library today if you didn't get it on Easter and uh, if you were here and didn't get, get one, it's, it's a pen and a, a bookmark. And it says you are ambassadors of the living God. And, and, and that's what the supernatural church is. They're ambassadors. They work totally for the person that they're employed by. And that would be Jesus. And so as we do that, this is the word that uh, God really put in my heart. I, I remember from the Amplified Bible, leaning of the entire human personality on God. I just remember that a lot from the Amplified Bible. So I asked Sandy to look it up for me. It's in several scriptures, but it has to do with faith. Everybody say faith. Now, we said in the beginning that we are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe and that the just shall live by faith. Faith is when it's no longer your ability, it's God's ability that you're looking to for everything. And this is what it says in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to read the whole thing. But it says, this is Colossians 4. And uh, it says, Paul, it's Paul again. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And this is what your faith in Christ Jesus is. The leaning of your entire human personality on him in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. And of the love which you, for, you have for all the saints... 
So, so it's the love of God, but it is this leaning. Everybody say leaning, leaning. You remember the old hymn, leaning on the everlasting arms? Um, well, you know, God's given me that at other times, but especially right before I went to this conference, and, and, and it really was confirmed when I was in the conference. This is the word that I heard, part of a word I heard from the Lord. It, and this is what he said to me. Anything new requires leaning. Everybody say leaning. You know, when, you, when you're used by God, it requires, it's a new thing. You have to lean. Everybody say lean. And he said, he said, I love leaners because they say, because they say, if you're not there, I will fall. That's what a leaner says. In the first service, I leaned on Pastor Bill. And I made him promise that he wouldn't drop me because, you know, he loves to do a full demonstration of what we're talk <laughs> talking about. But, uh, I, you know, I leaned over on him and put all my weight on him. He moved just for a second, you know, and, and you begin to lose your balance. That's when you really have arrived at humility. That's when you're saying, I'm trusting you for everything. This isn't about me. This is about you always being there for me. And he, he, this is what the Lord said. It releases faith when you lean. Faith, and faith produces the manifestations of the supernatural power of God. How many of you are ready to see the supernatural manifestation in your house? Maybe that's simply you getting out of debt. You know, God's interested in your personal affairs. Maybe it's him healing some disease that's in your body. Maybe, maybe you've made mistakes and, and you've, you know, there's people, young people in the world today who have contracted so many sexual transmitted diseases. I mean, these, these young women and, and men, they're in terrible trouble, but I believe God can take care of that. I believe God can heal that. Now, that is out of the medical realm of solving, but it's not out of God's realm of solving. Whether he solves it with another medication that somebody discovers that he causes them to discover or whether he does it supernaturally, he's the healer. There's always an answer with Jesus. There's always a solution with Jesus Christ. You cannot say to people, there's no answer. I said in the first service, if I didn't lean on Jesus and I counseled people in my office, I would say to him, you know what? Your life's in the toilet and you might as well flush it because I don't have an answer. How many of you felt like that before? But with Jesus, everybody say with Jesus, I don't represent me. I represent God. And so I say there is an answer, even though to me it mean, it's so out there that there is no answer. Maybe because that person's had the answer 25 times and they're still all messed up. I cannot say it's over because God doesn't say it's over. I represent him. I represent him. It's the supernatural that's always possible for every person. And this is what it, how he finished. He said, I'm the super, you're the natural. I use the natural I created in you. Connect it with my superpower in you. Not in heaven, in you. Now, this is a revelation again. You have the supernatural power of God in you. Susan, you're a nurse. You have the supernatural power of God. You walk in Clarion Hospital with the power of Almighty God every day in your life. You can speak to, the, speak to disease. You can speak to sickness. You can speak for revelation of things for, over people's life and expect. Everybody say expect. Expect the revelation to come. Why? Because you are a supernatural being. He said, I connect those two, and the result is you become a supernatural church. 
the church of the book of Acts prayed for boldness not to exalt themselves, but to allow me to flow through them to see the supernatural. If This is what God said to me. If you want the benefits of the supernatural, you must learn to lean. Are you getting it? Yes. See, we're taught, even as people of faith, we, we just do this. Well, we don't do all things. We do all things through Christ who strengthened us. Don't, don't leave off the last of the sentence because it can get to be like that. I'm telling you, God is calling for leaners. And he's calling for you today. If you're ready to lean, would you stand up? Because I believe God has something for you today.